You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. Only pay for what you need when you download the Transit app in Ride Coda. Plan, track, and pay for rides right from your smartphone. Unlike daily and monthly paper passes, fares never expire because unused funds roll over to the next month. Never pay more than $4.50 a day or $62 a month, no matter how many times you ride. Digitize your dollars and save when you download the Transit app. Learn more at coda.com forward slash transit app. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. The Yankees actually got somebody, a pitching target who they've been connected to all offseason long in Jameson Tyone of the Pirates. It took like 24 hours of real rumors, but the Yanks made it happen at a very low cost. We're going to be breaking down the deal, everything it means, all the implications, who's going where after it's over, and whether we like it or not, and whether we like it a little bit more now that we know that the Rays were also trying to get Jameson Tyone. Uh, folks, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. When you do that subscribing, we will be more than happy to answer any questions that you do leave in your reviews. It's probably about damn time that we do a mailbag episode because after complaining about the Yankees doing nothing for a long time, uh, they've decided to to do like three things in a week, and now they're probably done for a while. Um Thomas Carinante, welcome to the pod again. You are not a guest. You are Woo. a co-host. Uh, but how you feeling? Uh, you're not a big Tyone guy, but even you had to admit yesterday that this package, uh, d- w- this won't even make you blink. No, I- I'm not not a big Tyone guy. Let's let's clear the air here. I don't know if we have some misunderstanding. Uh, we don't. I don't think we do, <laughs> but I'm giving, you the, I'm giving you the floor anyway. Well, thank you. Uh, back on the pod. Uh, very happy to be here. Anyway, uh, my my only beef with the acquisition of Tyone, well, first of all, when the reports on Saturday night were trickling in saying that Tyone was expected to be dealt within the next one, two days, um, I was amped because you knew it was only the Yankees. We've been following these rumors throughout the entire offseason. No other team has been linked to Tyone. And then we eventually found out that the Rays were linked to him, but they probably couldn't get some bullshit, sell super low deal on him, so they wouldn't do it. Um Nonetheless, Yankees come out on top, trade four prospects, none of which are going to be a major loss. We'll get into that soon. But uh, my only beef with Tyone here uh, was that um, the Yankees needed more of uh, a concrete answer than a upside question mark. Uh, I think Tyone's a talented dude. 
I think that if he gets on track, he certainly profiles as a number two. But that's just hard to ask from somebody who's dealt with a lot of issues since he's been drafted. He was the second overall pick in 2010, underwent Tommy John in 2014, dealt with a sports hernia in 2015, was sadly diagnosed with testicular cancer in 2017, beat it, then comes back and has to undergo a second Tommy John surgery in 2019. Uh not many starts since the beginning of 2019. In fact, seven in total. Uh, he's only made 82 career MLB starts since his debut in 2016. Then again, career 3.67 ERA, 1.25 whip, solid stuff. Uh, he he has he has really impressive he has really impressive stuff when when he's on. We just don't know if and when he can be on. Uh, I think the best thing to take away from here is. He's rejoining Garrett Cole, who was his buddy on the Pirates and one of his mentors. So now they're at two completely different points in their careers. Hopefully they can both help each other out in some capacity. Uh, the one thing, the two things, well, the reason why I was not fully sold on this when the talks, when we heard the rumors was because I think Tyone's an excellent acquisition if you're also going to get a number two. You put Tyone in the, you know, anywhere between the three, four, and five spot in the rotation. Now we're talking that that's a deep postseason rotation that not many teams are going to be able to compete with. Uh, assuming you get a Kyle Hendricks or a Luis Castillo in the number two spot, which probably looking less likely now, just given all the moves the Yankees have made and probably what it's going to be cost to get, uh, to get those guys. Um, but that was the reason just cause largely he's a question mark. Um, not his fault, just the way the dominoes have fallen for him in his career. It's been really shitty feel bad for the guy but on the flip side the resilience here is pretty incredible and if that proves us anything i think that means he can handle the spotlight in new york that that's that's uh, i think that's a big takeaway to, to have here yeah we're entering the era of duos in the nba right these guys who like each other and where you know we're other than the brooklyn nets or like the last of a dying breed are trying to do the big three thing but everyone else is sort of we're locking these young star duos together Cole and Tyone are, you know, baseball isn't the NBA, but in many ways, having this motivated duo at the core of your five-man rotation is really helpful. These are two dudes who grew up together on the Pirates, never reached their ceiling. In Jamie's log, progressive. The Harrington's backyard, day 11, 4.43 a.m. The tent I set up in the Harrington's backyard to prove progressive as 24-7 protection has a rip in it, but a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington says she totally understands 24-7 protection means 24-7. Gonna stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Pittsburgh, Cole left Pittsburgh. Famously, everyone who leaves Pittsburgh unlocks a new level to what they're able to do on the mound. Uh, generally, because Pittsburgh is just sort of a you know decrepit middling organization that doesn't pay or motivate their players that well, but also more specifically because guys with elite fastballs sort of routinely get uh, told to start uh, throwing their fastball higher in the zone after they leave Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh trains you to induce grounders and it will have a guy like Tyone leaning too heavily on this low fastball that can occasionally get mislocated and end up in somebody's happy zone uh, rather than high in the zone. Even Garrett Cole didn't get the requisite number of whiffs he should have with his 99 mile an hour cheddar 
in Pittsburgh. And then he goes to Houston and they're sort of like, start throwing it higher, increase your spin rate, do everything the pitcher should do in modern baseball. And he's like, Oh my God, I'm way better now. I'm, I'm as good at, for years. The question was, why doesn't Cole get enough swings and misses? Then he goes to Houston and immediately starts getting swings and misses, which largely the same stuff, just a better execution of that stuff. Tyone is from all accounts, everything we've heard just as, you know, cerebral as Cole, just as much of a thinker on the mound. And and when you can get, you know, obviously baseball isn't the NBA. This isn't a stupid mapping conversation. I'm I'm not a moron, uh, contrary to popular belief. But, you know, a rotation is a lot more like an NBA team than a 25-man MLB roster is. And if it's fronted ultimately by two guys who, you know, who did develop together, one of them has already seen the light outside of the former home and is sort of saying to the second one, you know, we are brothers. We're built similarly. You should come to New York. Cole is advocating, you know, to the front office, like there's no better battler than Jameson Tyone. And if you're going to take a chance on a guy, you should take a chance on this guy. Um, and, and now they're here and reunited and it's, it's good to like the players on your team. It's really fun uh, to enjoy the players playing for your team. Tyone seems to be like an all-time guy. Like he thanked, this just stood out to me so much this morning. He thanked the, the pirate social media guys by name in an Instagram comment uh, on the Pittsburgh farewell post to Tyone. Like it's that's, that's not a thing you see every day. Like this guy cares about the smallest elements. Uh, not that social media is a small element, but like for a, for a pitcher uh, who's, you know, theoretically going to be making playoff starts on his way out in a crazy time for him, trying to get a new, you know, apartment and housing and all that stuff. He's probably gonna ended up sleeping in Cole's, you know, garage or something weird um, to, to thank the guys like that, like the social media and graphics team in Pittsburgh uh, that shows you, uh, you know, how Tyone is built. Um, you're going to hear a lot about the fact that the Rays went after Tyone and went after Kluber uh, as well before the Yankees ultimately signed him. I think that's just a nice little feather in your cap. It doesn't mean the Yankees won the deal. It doesn't mean the Yankees are geniuses, but you know, it's not, it's not unnice to hear um, Andy Martino, SNY insider with a very stupid tweet that kind of made my skin itch where he said Rays competed for both Tyone and Kluber, a good sign for Yanks that smart TB has been on same pitchers. Now, the Yankees also, you want the Yankees to be smart too. You don't want them to just be copying the smart kid. Um, it makes the Yankees sound like a dumb organization who's just got an analytics department, a bunch of guys in the room just going, uh, what are the Rays doing? Oh, sick. Oh, sick. We do what the Rays did. We beat the smart teams. Like when you compete with the Rays and you think of it as smart TB, dumb New York, it reminds me too much of the Davey Garcia, J Hap thing. Like just get good players. Copying the Rays strategy shouldn't involve like these minute strategies. The, the Rays strategy is just get players who are good. Um, so the Yankees should also get players who are good. And so I will just leave it there and say that what makes me so excited about the Tyone trade isn't that I think Tyone is an automatic savior. I'm not sure if he's going to get more than 130 to 150 innings this year. Guys coming off second, Tommy Johns are dicey. Nathan Evaldi did it and obviously was a big part of a world champion two years ago. It can be done and it's more likely to be done now than ever. Uh, for you to retain your stuff and all reports about Tyone and rehab say same stuff as always, you know, 95 plus same velo as uh, curveball has a higher spin rate than it used to apparently, uh, which is great. Um, but you know, Clevenger, we're going to learn a lot about that in like a year or so. Uh, what excites me the most isn't that I think Tyone is going to automatically pop in and be, you know, a number two starter from day one, but it's that the Yankees have amassed, you know, like a week or two ago, honestly, before the Kluber deal, we were so concerned that the Yankees depth in the rotation all felt so thin and, you know, Clark Schmidt, Davey Garcia, we believe in these guys, but one of the major pieces goes down or Luis Severino doesn't come back quickly enough. And suddenly like 
they're the only, there's no line of defense. Then you're going right to Julie Chassin and stuff. Uh, well, now after this Tyone trade, Fangraphs officially has the Yankees as the, and, and a lot of this is thanks to the depth, right? It's an overload of guys, but that's great. Fangraphs has the Yankees as the number one rotation of baseball in terms of war projected in 2021, ahead of the Padres, ahead of the Mets, uh, and well ahead of the Padres. You know, the Padres are at 16.6. Yankees are at 18.3. Now, that doesn't project the rookies that highly. The Padres have Ryan Weathers and Mackenzie Gore and Adrian Morejon. But same problem in New York, right? They're not projecting Schmidt and Davey for anything. Davey gets 1.4. Schmidt gets 0.3. It's all this conglomeration of an overload of dudes. And now suddenly the Yankees have all this rotation depth. Uh, Tyone, I would love to have paired in with a number two like Hendricks or Castillo. It's going to sting more if the Blue Jays do something like that. But you've accrued so many chances at finding four starters. Uh, and if, you know, if they all bust, if it's a complete disaster, you've surrendered very little to make it happen. And you have the trade deadline and Luis Severino to further, you know, find more insurance. I'm really excited. I am not, not excited. That's the best way I can put it. Uh, I don't want to get, I don't want us to get ahead of ourselves. I think these are the right, they're, they're the right moves. They're, they're certainly not the wrong moves. Um, could they be a little bit more, um, I guess, uh, blockbuster-y, uh, perhaps? Could they be a little bit more, um, uh, like, fully fleshed out? Yes. I think if not for Tyone's 2018 season, we're not even talking about trading for him. Because if he doesn't have this 2018 season, then he's not really a trade target. Uh, that year, 14-10, and 3.2 ERA, uh, 1.18 whip. Uh, tossed 191 innings, the most of his career. Uh, that year, interesting to know for everybody out there, he introduced a slider. So previously, he was just a fastball, curveball, changeup dude. Starting in 2018, fastball, slider, curveball, changeup. He threw that slider 18.2% of the time. In 2019, I know he only, uh, he only made seven starts. That number went up to almost 32%. So he's going to be leaning heavily on that pitch. Um, and we're going to hopefully see a new and improved version of him coming off this Tommy John. Uh, however, like I said, don't really want to get ahead of ourselves. I am confident that this could turn out well, uh, but I am also of the mindset that this could also turn out very poorly. Kluber and Tyone, both only seven starts since the beginning of 2019. You want, like I said, more concrete answers than questions. We have a lot of questions here, but you're getting Tyone. You're not really trading much for him, at least in our eyes. It's a good deal. Uh, did we, we didn't go over that, did we? Let's pop into that quick. Yeah, how about that? Um, Miguel Yahore is the headliner. Um, love that guy. His debut yep. in, in 2020 was, was pretty impressive, and he's only 22, um, but he's the headliner. He, he's not the secondary piece as he was in most of the trades we put together. Would I have enjoyed keeping him? Of course, but he gets you a guy who has gone 14 and 10 with like a low three ERA and a full major league season. Then um, Rowanzi Contreras, also very projectable. Kanan Smith, like him a lot. 21st overall prospect according to MLB Pipeline, but another outfielder. There's a million outfielders in the Yankee system. They have to find room for Jason Dominguez and they have to extend Aaron Judge. I think it's safe to say that Smith probably works better in another organization. And then a projectable shortstop uh, whose name I, I can't really, I don't want to butcher, so I won't, but a non-top 30 prospect, 18-year-old shortstop. Michael Escoto. I Escoto, think it's like, like Michael yeah. Franco. 
you know, it's probably they spell Michael. their name the same way. Yeah, it's probably Michael. I just don't want anybody. I don't want the Escoto family to get mad at me, but no, I'm sure <laughs> that is probably correct. They can um, come at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tommy, he's at Tommy's takes on, on Twitter. If you can. <laughs> The, the Escoto fam. Um, but, you know, I like all of these guys. I yeah. absolutely like all these guys, but you would do this trade eight days a week. All day. Yeah, this is this you. This is the trade you make. This is we were nervous previously because the talks were that the Pirates were hot, still high on Tyone. And you're like, well, what realistically, what am I going to give up for a guy who has dealt with all this throughout his career? Realistically, one good MLB season. Mostly you're, you're mostly trading on the merit of potential. So you can't give up too much for that. I think this is a solid return for the Pirates. They have a lot to work with here, but it's not really a loss for the Yankees. Like we were saying, the Yankees have a lot of talent, a lot of surplus in the farm system. This is the capital you have to use to get the guys that you need. And I think Tyone and Kluber is a great start. Uh, one thing that I kind of want to add in on all this, A, like you were saying about the Rays. Can we take oh, a quick break before this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we can. All right. When we come back, I'm going to throw it to Thomas. We're going to talk a little more about the Tyone trade. Uh, who am I kidding? We're going to talk about it for the rest of the you know half hour. Stick around. Welcome back to the Inks Go Yard podcast. Thomas, you have the floor. Oh, thank you. Um, anyway, uh, like I was saying, things to laugh about here, like you were talking about. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Earlier with Andy Martino, oh, the smart rays were also in on Tyone. Tyone, just a good in this scenario, somewhat by low candidate. Don't really think we need to be compared to the Rays, but there's, all, I guess every time now anybody makes a trade, it's going to be compared to the Rays because of what the Rays have done over the last few years. Not Most, win a World Series, be not, unable to win a World <laughs> Series entirely. Yeah. <laughs> but you have the Randy Arena deal, which like was unbelievable. And then you had the Chris Archer trade with, speaking of the Pirates, where they completely fleeced them. I know it's not ended up being as, great as everyone thought it was Austin Meadows kind of stinks and Tyler Glass now is really not great uh but they got rid of the pay they got rid of the payroll and uh in uh Archer's like 10 to 14 million dollar salary and they got a decent return for it so now every trade is going to be viewed through this lens and it's just annoying another stupid thing that we have to point out and probably the best of all I know we're going back to Kluber here but the Red Sox signed Garrett Richards this weekend for $10 million for one season. And after the Yankees had signed Kluber for 11 million, they were Red Sox fans were sitting here telling us that it was an overpay because he, he, because he had only pitched in, what was it? Seven games since 2019, whatever I just said, Garrett Richards has pitched in like 45 games since the start of 2016. Just like, why? Why? And he's worse. And he's worse. He is. He's a worse pitcher. He is nowhere even close to the credentials that Kluber has. So even if you are paying $11 million for Corey Kluber, there is that potential rocket upside that we've been talking about. I know it's not the greatest thing to bank on, but at least that's there. Garrett Richards doesn't have that. Garrett Richards has good projectability, but he was nowhere on the Corey Kluber plane, nor in, and he's also an injury prone guy for his entire career. Kluber has just dealt with injuries the last two seasons. So just funny how, 
you just see the world. Everyone's trying to bring you down in every which way, and, and we're not going to be brought down. I guess that's that's all I'm trying to say here. Yeah, I refuse to be brought down. Red Sox fans are going to cackle from their, you know, private, you know, Cape Cod mansions to pretend they're working class while they pay, <laughs> uh, you know, they make they give out two major league contracts or Martin Perez, so three major league contracts. But it's Martin Perez, who they already had, does nothing for me. Uh, Garrett Richards, who, you know, could get through a full season. It cost $1 million less than Kluber. If you're going to laugh at Kluber's an overpay, I guess Richards is a steal of the century bargain bin uh, for a, a guy with a lower ceiling. So congratulations. And then Kike Hernandez, we're, we're shelling out money for a utility man uh, who, who's sort of the only hits one side of the ball. Uh, that's neat. Uh, you know, he's, he's a platoon player. Uh, he's going to be your starting second baseman and Christian Arroyo is going to play a little bit. And, and that's all, it's all fun and games. Now I won't laugh at the Red Sox too hard because they have farted their way into too many AL East and world series championships with <laughs> subpar rosters featuring exactly these kind of idiot bounce back candidates. Um, if it can happen to them, hopefully it can happen to us. Um, I like Tyone and Kluber better than anybody. The Red Sox have in their rotation outside of Chris Sale. I think Luis Severino coming back is honestly going to be a more impactful midseason addition than Chris Sale. Hate to say it. Hate to be that guy. Uh, I, I need to see Chris Sale back on a mound before I can assess like, oh, yeah, he's back. Because before the injury, remember, Chris Sale was throwing like 91 and getting and getting rocked. And like the Red Sox spent a whole year denying that he needed surgery. Uh, so if he didn't, then something, you know, if he didn't, then he's regressed tremendously. And if it was all surgically repaired, then great. Fantastic. But Chris Sale's motion is still terrifying. Uh, I can't believe it took him this long to, to have surgery. He's very scary to me. Um, I like what the Yankees have done more. Now, speaking of division rivals and former Yankees, and I think it's safe to say former at this point, Masahiro Tanaka, time is over uh, in the Bronx. Uh, will he be in Japan next year? Will he be getting the 15 to $20 million he sought from another major league team? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Pat Ricazzo, who we've sort of uh, questioned his insider credentials this offseason, uh, maybe we should stop doing that. He nailed the DJ yeah. LeMahieu contract details. He nailed basically every element of the LeMahieu interest. I'm not really sure what his deal is, but congrats to him because he's making inroads uh, and, and getting genuine information that others don't have. He was the first to connect the dots. Uh, Tanaka and the Blue Jays. We've talked about James Paxton and the Blue Jays before. Now, Toronto needs pitching unequivocally. Um, I don't know if what they need is Tanaka, and I don't know if they need him at $20 million a year, but uh, they need to pay somebody. They need, to, they need to either pay assets for a major number two or get somebody like Tanaka at whatever he costs at this juncture. It probably is between 15 and 20 if Garrett Richards goes for 10. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. This doesn't scare me at all. It would bum me out. It would bum me out, but Tanaka has not had his famous splitter for a while now. I think he's prone to more regression as the years pile on. He also, you know, papered over his struggles in 2017 in the playoffs. That's great. I love postseason Tanaka for the rest of time. 4.7 ERA during that regular season um, and hasn't really put together a full regular season in a long time. I, I, I don't want it to happen. I would rather the Blue Jays not unite with Tanaka, but it doesn't really throw off my calculus that much. Yeah, uh, I think it's just it's it, it it's bad for everybody involved. If he goes to a division rival, the two options are he dominates us and he does have he has good numbers at Yankee Stadium. If you know, but three three point eight eight ERA and eighty uh, something starts, I think. So that's good. Three point five zero ERA at the Rogers Center and ten starts, not bad. But he also never faced the Yankees, and uh, the Yankees are pretty damn good. 
Um, I think the only comparable lineup you could say he faced consistently over his span was probably that 2018 Red Sox team. But I think the Yankees are even deeper and more dangerous than that. That team just had some magic for a year and we saw what happened in the, the, the next two years. Um, so I really don't want us to destroy Masahiro Tanaka because I think that's what will happen. His declining velocity on his fastball continues to be a trend. Like you said, split finger, super flat, not really fooling a whole lot of people anymore over these last, over this last like season and a half. Um, And then you have the other option where he dominates us, which I I don't necessarily see happening, but could be a possibility. If he does go to Toronto, we'll see him probably three, four times a year. And the Blue Jays, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, the Blue Jays are slowly positioning themselves to be the second best team in the division. I know the Rays are the reigning AL champs, but uh, I don't know if many teams could deal with the amount of losses that they've had this offseason and kind of just slot right back into the kind of success that they had last year. So I'm going to say Blue Jays are playing second fiddle in the AL East, uh, and you don't want them to get better, especially with former players of your team, because it's just not fun. I don't want to be competing with Masahiro Tanaka. I'd rather him on our on our team, but like we said, the price tag's probably a little bit too high. And I think the most depressing part about all this is that if he was going to pitch in another country, it was going to be Japan. It wasn't going to be Canada. So, uh, I mean, obviously we don't know if the Blue Jays are going to be playing in Canada this year. They could be playing in Buffalo or Tampa, but that's even more depressing than the the last, whatever, the last potential season or two of Masahiro Tanaka's MLB career is going to be in Buffalo slash Florida slash Toronto. I, I don't like that. I don't like the, the way that that ends, but uh i'm not like you said i don't want to be the big jerk but not really scared of it um just annoying that they could be poaching a former player of ours while somewhat upgrading the rotation and just getting bodies in there to improve in some capacity because they've come in second place in so many of these free agency uh talks in the end these trade discussions but i don't like these chris bryant kyle Hendricks trade rumors that are surrounding toronto now so what do we make of those well, that's the problem, right? The Yankees are doing something that everybody loves, like a universally praised thing, collecting all of these pitching assets and spreading out the innings among, you know, seven or eight or even nine potential starters instead of getting a solid number two. And that's interesting and it's very razy and it's probably the wave of the future. And then if the Blue Jays just get Kyle Hendricks and Chris Bryan, it's like, oh, the so the there was a really good starter on the market that is better than anyone the Yankees got and he went to a division rival oh i i guess that move is better i oh i guess it's smarter to get better people and the third baseman's like an all-star like an mvp oh Mm -hmm. so yeah oh so they got two really really great players who were available great um oh like it just it it warps your baseball mind like i at some point in five years i'm like rotations are going to look different people are probably going to be mimicking this model where they're getting all these lottery tickets and hoping some of them hit. And you know what? Some seasons it's totally going to work and teams are going to end up with this perfect equation with, with even spare parts and excess pieces and prospect capital, et cetera. But some seasons, the team with just these all-stars in the rotation, uh, these sort of guarantees uh, are, is, is going to come out on top. And, and Kyle Hendricks is like the biggest lock you can acquire right now. I, I refuse to hear anything about how, pitchers with diminished velocity age and eventually that 91 turns to 90 on the fastball and then the whole arsenal looks like mush Kyle Hendricks is like 29 
Um, you know, we're not there yet. We're not looking at a 36 year old man. We're not parsing spin rate like Jay Happ and talking about how success is fool's gold. There's so much success under Hendricks belt already. And there's absolutely no reason why he he's not prepared to have like five or six more seasons of low to mid threes, uh, extreme pitch to contact, you know, these Maddox like complete games, seven innings, three hits, four K's one walk, you know, there's absolutely no reason why that can't continue for the next five years. Um, so yeah, if Toronto gets him, that changes the equation entirely. And if they add Chris Bryant along with him, like not a throw in a hall of fame type talent two years ago. Um, yeah, pretty bad. Um, the only confirmation we have of that type of thing is literally somebody asking a TSN insider. If the two sides had talked about that and the TSN insider saying, yes, we don't know how close it is. We don't know if they talked a month ago. We don't know if they're talking now. Uh, if I'm the Blue Jays, though, I should I should be. I should still be talking to them about that. That's probably the best fit for their end. What if you're Cashman? Do you just, if you hear of this, if you're Cashman and you're reading blogs, because why, why not read blogs? If you better you're be reading GM, blogs, yeah. Yeah, you know, GM of the Yankees just sitting, having his cup of coffee, reading some baseball blogs. He sees that the Blue Jays spits out his coffee when he sees the Blue Jays are potentially talking with the Cubs about Kyle Hendricks. My whole theory behind this is you get Tyone, you get that depth, that high upside depth guy who can really rent out the rotation, and then you splurge for Hendricks. At this point, who is going to complain if you're trading four top 10 prospects for Kyle Hendricks? Who is going to complain? I want to know who those people are. I'd like to talk with them. I'd like to see their, hear their logic. I don't understand why you don't just go for the jugular right now. How many more times do we have to talk about the window is the next two years? to win a world series. It is the next two years before there are other complications in terms of free agency, in terms of arbitration, in terms of contract extensions, the list goes on and on right now. We are scot-free for 2021 and 2022. And a lot of these prospects that we have are blocked by major league talent that we would either otherwise be keeping unless something unforeseen happens or would just be getting traded for someone who can help us right now. So if I'm Brian Cashman, and I'm reading the baseball blogs, I'm giving the Cubs a call and I'm saying, what do you want? Let's talk about it, handpick some guys, and then I'll do my rebuttal because they're, you know, I think a Jason Dominguez here is probably off the table unless that's a straight up deal. But I don't know, probably don't think the Yankees want to do that. Yeah, it's I a think, no-go. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, yeah, I'm not going to rule anything out at this point, but I think four top 10 prospects or three top 10s and a top 15 gets the job done for Hendricks. And then he signed through 2023 guaranteed 14 million a year with a $16 million vesting option. I know we have the slight pay uh, luxury tax concern, but Brian cash, we could free up cash. He's a wizard, but that that's my thought on it. That's why I want one more move after Tyone. One more. Yeah. Three, three top tens and an Anduhar who like, you know, Ooh. is going to be a 30 home run all-star bat <laughs> yeah. in Chicago, like in this random throwaway cub season, between years of contention and probably years of contention in the future. Like, yeah, just like a garbage time all-star like Brian LaHare. But if it's up to me, look, I'm not, I'm not advocating against Hendricks and I would be more excited knowing I'm giving the ball to Kyle Hendricks than even knowing I'm giving the ball to Clark Schmidt, as much as I love Clark Schmidt. Um, he was, remember he, we loved him in spring training. He was thrown into the fire this year because there was no minor league season. And so it was like, where are we going to put Clark Schmidt? Um, you know, in the bigs, is he big league ready? He looked big league ready in February, but who knows? Um, you know, if there had been a minor league season last year, Clark Schmidt would have pitched at double a, um, and then yeah. probably would have gotten the bump to triple a, and then probably would have come in, in in September and thrown some meaningful innings as it stands. 
he ended up throwing, you know, you want to increase your pitching prospects innings by, you know, 10, 15% every year. You want to get them up to like 150, 160 by the time they're ready to be in their first big league season. Last year, Clark Schmidt threw like six innings. I mean, they tried their best to simulate what a full major league season would look like or a minor league season or what have you at the alternate site, but it wasn't real. And so this year with all this added depth, the goal is for Clark Schmidt to be in triple a probably um, maybe even get a couple starts in in double a because he barely pitched in Trenton back in the day. Um, so, you know, he's not going to get, he's, he's electric. He's high upside. He's at the back of the rotation. He probably shouldn't be on the opening day roster unless something went absolutely haywire. Give him some minor league experience. So yeah, I would much rather turn to someone like Kyle Hendricks than someone like Clark Schmidt, who we're all putting in the big league rotation just because we like him. That being said, I do not think a Hendricks move is on the horizon. I would be in favor of blocking the Blue Jays in whatever they consider to be their future endeavors. Um, I think we're barking up the fantastical tree here, but I do agree that this, this, you know, top 10 prospect depth at a certain point, you simply must go for it. And the Yankees have no bigger need at the moment than starting pitching at the deadline. They will probably be sniffing out more starting pitching. They have ensured themselves enough to get to the deadline, but they're probably not done, done forever. And they're priority one a for probably the next two years, honestly, because we know what their offense is going to look like by and large is securing more and more and better starting pitching. So Hopefully they are open and amenable to moving some of their top names for a guy like Hendricks at the deadline, as long as he sticks around, hopefully someone else of his caliber becomes available. I'm not sure who that is. Brewers, Brandon Woodruff. I'm looking at you. Um, There's not that many options, but hopefully a few more emerge. That is it for this celebratory edition of the Yanks go yard podcast, largely celebratory. I think we had a fun time. Uh, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. You can find us on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcast, drop us a five-star review along with those mailbag questions. We will be back every Monday, Wednesday, Friday until the regular season, at which point we're still going to be back every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, nothing changes. Uh, That's it folks. We're excited for the rest of the off season. Yep, and I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Please head on over to yanksyard.com, official Twitter account at yanksyardfs. We want to hear from you. We want to create your ideas into content. We want some more discourse. Was Ty on the right move? Do we got to make more? Is this the end-all, be-all? Who knows? But we'll talk soon. See you, everybody. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your cat. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get food. Walk away from food. Move to couch. See human. Give cold shoulder. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Move to couch. Aggressively clean myself. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get coverage for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with a purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.